Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 52. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button on the homepage, and download your Filler Up book today. It's free at CarsYeah.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm extremely excited to introduce my special guest, Randy Wells. Randy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You bet. All right. Sounds great. Randy Wells has spent more than 25 years behind a camera, capturing automotive images and more as a commercial photographer. Thousands of his images have been published worldwide, and he's in demand as a photojournalist and a commercial photographer. He's also a writer who captures the passion we all have for anything automotive in his words and articles. His images have been featured in numerous publications like Excellence, National Geographic, Traveler, and Sunset Magazines. Randy's creative eye has earned him numerous awards from American Photo, Communications Arts Magazines, How, and many others. So Randy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Please take some time and share some more about your history, your career, your interest, and, of course, your passion for automobiles. Well, I suppose it's best to start at the beginning. Uh, I was born and raised in a small fishing village in Alaska called Cordova. My father was a commercial fisherman, and I spent my summers with him and ended up going to school in Chicago, eventually studying optometry. And it was there, while I was uh, studying for exams, that I decided I needed a creative outlet and bought a camera and started taking classes in dark room. Went to a bookstore one night, pulled a, sh- a book off the shelf that was Ernst Haas, The Creation, and uh, went back to my little studio apartment in, in Belmont and realized that that's what I was meant to do. Had to make a decision. Do I continue with school? Do I change careers? I kept going to school, graduated, came back to the Northwest, and practiced optometry for 12 years. During that time, I was spending all my spare time photographing. I was eventually, by 92, I was making as much money in stock photography as I was making as an optometrist at Group Health. So I took a one-year sabbatical and and didn't come back. There's um, one other thing. I did go in 1984 to Japan with and study with Ernst Koss, and that was an inspiration for me that I was able to meet him and be inspired by him before he passed away two years later. I have started as a travel photographer because it was a natural thing for someone to do who, who sits in a dark room all day saying which is better, one or two. And um, I was fortunate to be able to make a, you know, a good income from that at the time. Eventually, I, I moved on to automotive because of changes in the industry and and that's been my passion ever since. So that was about 10 years ago. So all I do is automotive now. Well, it's pretty interesting going from optometry to 
photography. Obviously, they both have similarities. They have to do with seeing things. So I think that's kind of almost a a funny parallel of the two. However, it's so interesting. People would think, oh my gosh, you went from being a doctor to being a photographer. That's such a transition. But obviously, you found your passion. And have you always been interested in cars? Have they been a part of your life? Well, I remember uh, one of the first Jaguar XKEs came to Cordova on a boat. Um, you could only access that town by boat or plane, and it, it was so sexy looking. <laughs> I automatically fell in love. I think it was years later when I lived in, in the Northwest uh, going to high school that actually junior high, that uh, an uncle of mine would bring uh, Porsches. He was a Porsche salesman out of the Tacoma store. He would brought a 911 once, and it was, I think it was 1970. I was like a teenager, and I just fell in love with the shape and the sound and the, everything about it, the smell inside the car. And, and once he took me for a ride, I was hooked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's pretty neat, your story, and, and it's what Cars yeah is all about, is finding your true passion and finding a way to create a career and a life around it, which is exactly what you've done. And I've been familiar with photography, your photography for years because of the magazines that I've gotten. I tend to lean towards Porsches, but I like all things that roll on rubber. But I've seen your photography and read your writings and followed you for some time. So that's pretty cool. I didn't know that part of your history that came before. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. As we continue on your journey I always like to start with a success quote, something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your passion. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Randy, take the wheel. All right, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with a quote by Albert Einstein, which is probably familiar to a lot of people. The quote is, "In the middle of difficulty lies opportunity." It's been a lesson that I've had to relearn many times. Because, um, you know, the, your first reaction to difficulty is often one of frustration and, you know, asking why is this happening. And I've learned over time that it's better to just let that be and look for the open door. When the door closes, look for the open door that's opening right there in front of you. You know, frustration is sometimes my greatest inspiration uh, with photography. Uh, oftentimes when I'm I need an obstacle. It's something that I have to find a way around. And in the process, I usually, on the edges of the scene, is the real photograph that's waiting for me to find it. So I always try to remember that whenever I run into a difficult situation. It's a, it's a great example, and I've looked at so many of your, your photographs on your website, and what you're describing is exactly what I've seen. If you're trying to take a picture, let's say, of a person on the beach veer away from cars a little bit. And I saw one of your pictures where there was a horse in the foreground. Well, most people would say, well, get the horse out of the way and shoot the lady in the water. But no, you shot over the mane of the horse and created a whole nother experience for the viewer. And I'm sure it's the same with cars. Are there some examples of how you've incorporated that success quote into your business in your life? Maybe some stories you could share of being pushed up against frustration and how you overcame those situations? Yeah, sure. Just kind of going back to that initial story I told about my history, it was 9-11 in 2001 in New York that really changed things for me uh, with my travel photography career. I was no no longer able to really 
be as successful roaming the world and selling stock. Uh, there was royalty free images and microstock and, and film was changing the digital and it was being it was easier to take a you know satisfactory photograph. It was really at that point I was faced with um, a real obstacle. Uh, I needed to adapt or I was gonna go away commercially and so I started to add automotive uh, subjects and, and started to learn to write. And once I had that skill set in place in it, my career started to grow again in a different way. It was connected to a lot of people that I already knew because I was in the Porsche Club and I had been in the Porsche Club for a number of years and was out of crossing and going to the track and, and going to some social events and going to parades and things like that. So I had already, I had the base in terms of people that I knew. And so it was just a matter of word of mouth doing the work and trying to be, you know, pushing the envelope. That's really, I think, probably the best example of an obstacle. Sure. That was quite an obstacle that created challenges for so many people in the world. Oh, my goodness. You talked about that Jaguar's KE and that Porsche you saw when you were younger. Could you share with us a story about what instigated your passion for cars, that pivotal moment in your life when you really realized, I'm a car guy? Well, I think, you know, Road and track was, I mean, I was never a car and driver kid, you know. When I went to think about, like, you know, where am I going to spend my paper route money, <laughs> it was road and track because I felt like they were really, it seemed to be more connected to the essence of cars. And I really loved swoopy shaped cars, cars that were fast, cars that looked fast, cars that sounded fast. I wasn't really into American cars. Like when I was in high school, I, I bought a How many of us have done that? Roll the fenders and put oversized wheels and tires and the exhaust systems and bigger cars, all those things. So very cool. So Randy, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and really crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty perhaps and ask you to share a story with the listeners about a huge challenge you faced or even a great failure in your career that really pushed you to a breaking point. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation, and what did you learn from it? I think I've alluded to probably some of the bigger challenges I've faced. I mean, there's there's been some individual challenges just on assignments, but, you know, I mean, you know, I guess I could relate a story. It's not car-related, but it's travel-related. I went to New Orleans to photograph the Mardi Gras. I parked on the street as soon as I got there to shoot a parade that was before Mardi Gras. It went to, finally, you know, hours later, went to my hotel room to check in. I got bumped. I went to the new hotel, discovered that um, I was parked in the zone where I would not be allowed to park, and I was towed, but I couldn't pick the car up until, like, two days later. So, you know, I checked into my new motel room, got up in the morning. It was raining. I only had two cameras, or, sorry, one camera and two lenses and like eight rolls of film because everything else was in the van and I, I just went out and shot 
you know, I met the the most lovely people. They invited me up on their deck from on, on on Bourbon Street, and I photographed the, the festivities and the parade later. And you know, you know, and before that, I was sitting in the hotel room, wet and tired, and, and I only had one set of clothes on. I used it. I got a hair dryer from the concierge and dried off my clothes, and you know, went back out there. And it, by the time I was done, I got some wonderful images and when I told somebody in New Orleans about it he said well you know at least he didn't get mugged <laughs> so I mean there's always a bright spot you know yeah. even when even when it looks really dark and gloomy and you just have to keep the faith and look for that light at the end of the tunnel and just remain open and flexible to change I think that's really important of course absolutely Randy let's shift gears and go the other end of the spectrum would you share a story with us when you had a real aha moment in your business, a time when you realized that, you know, I think this is really going to work, being a photographer, taking pictures, specifically cars, let's say, and tell us how you took that aha moment and turned it around into a success. Well, I can I can tell another story, I think, that would demonstrate that. It was 2001, I happened to get a phone call from Pete Stout, who was then at Excellence Magazine, he asked me to photograph my own car. One of the cars I have is a 72T with a, at that time, it had a 3.2 liter Motec and Norris Flares. He said, and, and I want to pay you. I said, wow, you're going to pay me to photograph my own car? That sounds great. And it wasn't much longer after that. Um, I continued to work with Pete and Excellence and other magazines. I thought, you know, to myself, you know, this could be a way to, to supplement that travel photo income. So it did. It's just been amazing. I have an automotive photo studio in Bellevue, Washington now. I can shoot individual cars for owners. And and I'm traveling a lot up and down the West Coast and sometimes to the East Coast and Midwest on assignment. And it's it's grown into you know, a successful business. I'm very busy. So I'm, I'm, I've been blessed that way. Well, isn't it fantastic when that aha moment happens? And I, I shared this story in one of my blogs at carsyeah.com. It was when I was a kid, and I loved washing, detailing cars. My next-door neighbor had a brand-new 450SL when they first came out in 1974, and I went over and asked Mr. Swanser if I could wash his car, thinking he would say, get away from me, kid. And he said, of course. And he actually let me back it out of his driveway and drive it over to my house and pull it in. I was 14. I, you know, I'd never driven a car before, and I spent all day on that thing, and I took it back to him, and he came out and said, wow, it looks better than when I picked it up at the dealer. I said, all right, we'll see you, and I started to walk away, and he said, well, what do I owe you? And I turned around and went, you're going to pay me to do something I will liked doing? <laughs> Just a magical moment, and that created a business that ended up paying for my college education, and I detailed cars all the way through high school and college and when I even got married for a few years so we could buy our first house. So those are really wonderful moments when you realize I can actually make a living doing what I enjoy. And that's what that's cars Yeah, and that's what Cars Yeah is all about is uh, inspiring automotive enthusiasts. So that's wonderful. Let's have a little fun here, Randy. What was your first really special car? And would you share some memories or maybe some adventures or stories about that vehicle? I'm not sure I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is I, a family-rated show, so let's... <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking. No, that Capri was probably, you know, one of my most special cars. Um, I had an Opel Mana after that. I, 
I remember I, I waited till the last minute to drive from Seattle to Chicago one year to start uh, school, and I ended up driving. I think I slept for four hours, and I was tailgating um, uh, the, the big trucks all the way. And of course, back then it was sort of okay, and they would flash their lights at me and when I needed to pass. And, and I just, you know, that was an amazing trip um, just to do it, drive for that long a period of time straight. Now, I you you that, said an Opal what? What model was it? It was an Opal Manta. Oh, Manta. Okay, Manta. Okay. And, well, exciting. Well, those are great low cars, and the Capri's a great low car, too. Uh, kind of reminds me of the Celica, the old Celicas back from the, the 70s and 80s. Those were fun low cars, almost rally-type cars, if you will. So, very cool. Is there a car you've had in your past that you sold that you really wish you could have back? You know, I I'm, I guess I'm lucky I don't have any regrets about selling any cars. The good ones I've held on to, fortunately, I don't I don't know why, um, but some cars are just good cars. They just have good energy and they come with good energy. Things you do with the car just add more good energy, and it's a car that you get into, and it's like an old shoe. I've really been lucky to be able to hold on to those cars, and that's so. I guess I've been lucky. Yes, sold a lot of cars. You have. I think you're one of the first guests I've had that says I don't have any seller's remorse, other than maybe a few people that their whole idea is you just don't look back. Once it's gone, it's gone. You know, it was the right time to let it go, and so what? Whatever happens, so. You're a lucky guy then. Is there a project you're working on right now, Randy, that really has you excited and fired up? Well, I don't know if there's one particular project. They're all in different phases. A lot of them, some are a sure thing, some are not. But I I think overall I've started to shoot in a more documentary style, which I'm really enjoying. I find it's less one-dimensional, less superficial, the challenge is to put more layers into the photographs and capture the essence if, if possible. That's been a mesmerizing, sort of very rewarding for me. Could you give our listeners an example of what you mean by that? I know this is an audio show, so we can't show it, but could you describe what you mean by that, that documentary-type style? Well, it's almost like combining street photography with cars and people. I think the people and the cars are linked together, and oftentimes we just focus on the cars as automotive photographers, and we don't incorporate the owners or you know even spectators around the car or people that are working on the car. And I think it, that human quality is adds a lot to the photograph, and you can arrange in terms of cropping and composing with the frame of your camera you find her, a composition that um, has layers to it, you know, that has a foreground and a background, and maybe you're shooting through something, maybe a shadow's coming across as creating another design element, maybe you're shooting in a more selective focus kind of way, or it's backlit, or, you know, something is more symbolic that's coming out of the photograph than just a photograph of a car sitting on a, you know, road. That's, to me, is 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 a more meaningful photograph for me personally and and hopefully for the viewer. Oh, that's that's a great way you described it. And one thing that comes to mind, I like going down to the Monterey Historics and Pebble Beach events every year, which in the case of this recording are coming up next week. 
And I was down there one year, and I like to take photographs. I'm nowhere near as talented as you are, but I enjoy it. And there was a gentleman with a large, older vehicle. I believe it was a Duesenberg. And he must have noticed uh, something happened, maybe in transport, a chip or something. And he was leaning over this giant fender. And it was early in the morning where that fog is coming in over the bay onto the, the 18th green there at Pebble Beach. And he had in his hand a gallon container of paint and this tiny little brush. And he was holding this gallon over this engine. And you know those doozies have big green engine blocks. And he's applying this little dab of paint onto one little spot on the engine cover. And it made such an, I took a picture of an, it it was one of my favorite pictures of the thousands I must have taken that weekend because it just captured that moment of time when that gentleman was probably panicking after getting his car on the lawn at Pebble Beach and chipped the paint. And all I could think about was, oh my gosh, don't drop that gallon of paint all over that engine. (laughs) Yeah, that juxtaposition combined with an element of humor, I think it's surprising for the viewer. And if if you can ask a question rather than provide an answer in a photograph, you're always ahead. Yes, yes. And my son loves to take pictures too when he goes down there with me. And I find that probably a third of his photographs are of the people around the cars. Whereas most people are shooting just the cars, he's shooting the people, the owners, the spectators, and so forth. So you described that well. That's great. Here's a funny question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Uh, I, you know, a Porsche Speedster, probably, um, just because it was born the same year I was. And, <laughs> you know, I've always wanted one, and I, and I just recently photographed one, and there weren't many. There weren't very many built that very, very first year. It's just a lovely shape. I know it's not fast, but it makes great noises, and it looks really cool, especially with people driving it. So I, I'd say that Porsche speeds me. Well, I, too, share your passion for those vehicles. I want a 58 because that's the year I was born. So you're you're talking about a 56? Oh, I don't want to name the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. I just admitted to my age. <laughs> yeah, well, they are beautiful vehicles. Uh, I've always wanted one. Unfortunately, my goodness, their prices have just gone into the stratosphere like so many special cars. So um, yeah. I may have to talk to one of my guests I recently had who builds the Intermechanica Speedster, Henry Reisner, and have him build me one that will get me close to the experience. But uh, they are special cars. They're just beautiful. Randy, this is one of my favorite parts of our talk. I call it the last lap. And this is where I fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answer. Are you ready to go? You bet. Okay. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? I, w- I would say buy a car that's already done. <laughs> I've heard that one before. <laughs> and why is that? Not that It'll we need... save you a lot of money. A lot of money. Headache. Yeah. As long as you can find a car that's been done the way you want it. Or, you know, if it's a stock car, then, of course, that's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Restoring cars are sure fun, but, boy, it is sure expensive, that's for sure. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? Well, I talked this over with my wife because I couldn't come up with an answer. And and, and she said that I live and breathe photography, which is probably true. I think that's just 
part of who I am. It's really what I was meant to do, and I've been lucky enough to, to discover that. I'll come home from a photo shoot, and I can't wait to edit the photos. I mean, I'll stay up and just go through the whole take, back everything up, of course. But I think it's I think it's a work ethic that my father instilled in me. But you know, it's not just discipline. It's um, it's a needing to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a drive, a passion, a tenacity. I believe you're right. If you really love what you do, it's not like work. Henry Ford had a great quote that if you love what you do, you'll never go to work a day in your life. You obviously love what you do. That's great. Is there a resource that you really enjoy that you could share with our listeners? Maybe a website that you go to often or a blog or a forum? Yeah, the the early 911sregistry.org forum is something that I go to almost daily. There's a lot of great information on the Long Hood 911s. It's pretty specific. That's kind of where my passion is, is for those early cars. Um, and there's 356 clubs. There, there's a registry as well for 356s. There's a registry for 912s. There's a Ferrari registry. There's there's registries for any make and model car that out there now with the Internet being the way that it is that provides a great resource for people. I, I think everybody probably wakes up and gets a, grabs a cup of coffee maybe and goes down to the computer and just kind of checks in for the day. And it kind of it's a great way to wake up and, and start your day with a, that like-minded enthusiasm. Sure, exactly. Is there a book you've recently read that you could share with our listeners that you really enjoyed? As a photographer, I think I'm, I'm more influenced by images. Mm-hmm. And I don't look at automotive images that much, other automotive images that much. I don't do a lot of Photoshop in my work. I'd rather base it on a more of a piercing approach. So the books that I tend to look at are either geographic photographers that photograph cultures or street photographers that are doing, you know, the documentary style of photography that I've sort of been drawn towards recently. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, one book that I that I, I think is really good in that respect, it's not an automotive book, but it's called The Photographic Essay, and it's by William Albert Allard. And I think that's a worthy standard to cheat towards in terms of the kind of photography I'm trying to do. Great. Well, thanks for sharing that. Do you have any other interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars that you enjoy? Well, I've been a I've been a record collector for a number of years. You know, so I have a I have an interest in audio and long playing records. So I guess I'm kind of old school. I'm kind of trapped in the '60s in a lot of ways. But <laughs> you know, I, I it's not that I don't. I mean, I have the latest Mac. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, good. And the latest hard drives and, and the latest cameras and lenses and whatnot. But in terms of just a physical media kind of thing, I'm, I'm really drawn towards mechanical things, things that have feel, that have a kind of a soul to them. I, that, those are things that I enjoy. Anything like that, clocks, watches, cameras, records, stuff like that. That's old tribal rugs, things like that. Sure. Well... And in our pre-show chat, I'll tell our listeners that Randy told me that he has a dial-up phone that he hardwired into the wiring in his old house so that he could use the old dial-up phone. So you're being true to your word, my friend. You do like the old mechanical things. That's pretty funny. (laughs) 
Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find all the resources that Randy shared with us at carsyeah.com slash Randy Wells. Just type Randy into the search box and his show notes page will pop right up and you find everything that he's been so kind to share with us. All right, it's time for the checkered flag. And you know what that means? We're nearing the end of the race here. This last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and this is something that you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, and money was no object, what would that car be? And more importantly, why would you choose it? And why is it only one? That's hard. Well, that makes it a little more difficult. <laughs> I didn't say this was going to be easy. No, you didn't. I, I, you know, I, I think there's two cars that are that are so raw and exciting. See, and there you go, too. Okay, go almost ahead. Almost scary. <laughs> go ahead and tell <laughs> me, too. I'm my bets. <laughs> I guess I'll let you pick one of them. They're, they're oh. two different, entirely different cars. Uh, one's a Porsche Carrera GT, right? We know that's not easy to drive. Um, and the other is a Ferrari F40. I think they're both require your full attention mm-hmm. and, uh, when they're being driven, and, but they make such great noises, and they look so cool. And I think that they're so visceral in, it, in the experience that they provide, not just aesthetically, but in terms of the dynamics of the car when it's underway. I think that they're both just iconic cars. Well, and you said I have to choose between those two, which is very hard for me because I'm a Porsche fan, but I've never driven a Carrera GT, but I have driven an F40. And oh my goodness, that was absolutely amazing. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm i going to make you decide which one right now. You have to decide right now which one will it be. I'm going to go with Carrera GT. All right, a Porsche guy through and through. I thought you'd do that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, those are great cars. I I got to ride in one, but I, I I haven't been able to mooch a ride yet to be able to drive one, so I'll have to find somebody and do that. <laughs> great choice. Randy, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories and learning more about you that I didn't know. That's spectacular. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the listeners and with me. If you could give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Carrera GT, and then let our listeners know what's the best way for them to learn more about you and your business, and then we'll say goodbye. All right, Mark. Um, that piece of advice would probably be what I started with, the inclination to follow your heart and, and not your head so much. And you can see more of my work at randywells.com. randywells.com. Well, I'll remind our listeners that we'll post a link to Randy's website up on the website at carsyeah.com slash randywells. And you can go check out all of his photography and all the great things that he produces. Do you have a blog that you send out regularly? Yeah, that's a, uh, that'll actually, there's a blog on that site, and then there's a link to my main website from there. Great. Well, I encourage everybody to go check that out and, and have some fun looking at all the great imagery that Randy will share with you on that website. Randy, thank you for being so generous with your time today, your expertise, and, and sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again... We'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark, for having me on. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.